Hi, this is Jay Aruga from the Jay Aruga Show. Making contents like this takes time and effort from me and the team. If you like what we're doing, you can show your support by using our Lazada, Shopee, and Amazon affiliate links that you can click on our show notes or in the Jay Aruga Show Facebook page. Since you'll be shopping online anyway, you might as well show your support to the podcast. No extra charge. It's just a way for them to know that we sent you to their site by clicking our affiliate links. And now, on to the show. Two weeks ago, Tito Boy Abunda asked each of the presidential balls, would you be willing to legalize abortion for the case of rape? I'll let you in on my thoughts about it. Also, we'll talk about Peter, the rock upon the church was built, and we'll discuss the Catholic Church. Is the church liberal or conservative? Dito lang yan sa The Jay Aruga Show. Kumusta? Kumusta? Welcome to the Jay Aruga Show podcast. A big shout out to my new friend, JM of the Zero R Discussions YouTube channel. I enjoyed talking to him. We had fun dissecting the movie Equilibrium. So check out the episode and his content in Zero R Discussions in YouTube. Our topic today is very timely. Two weeks ago, Boy Abunda interviewed the top five presidential balls. And one of his questions is on abortion. Mukhang sinadya ni Tito Boy kasi February is pro-life month. Nah, hindi, hindi, hindi. I doubt na sinadya niya ito. Pero, by the way, di ko alam kung bakit Feb ang naisip ng CBCP gawing pro-life month. Makadahil... Nandito ang Valentine's Day. And para bang sinasabi ng CBCP na kapag may nabuo, panindigan nyo yan, ha? Going back, ito ang tanong ni Tito Boy. And it goes a little something like this. Sabi ng Pinsan, Philippine Safe Abortion Network, and the Gender Rights Incorporated, isang Filipina na bata ang ginagahasa every 75 minutes. About one in every eight women who resort to abortion is a rape survivor. Seventy women induce abortion every hour. Complications of unsafe abortion is one of five leading causes of maternal death and the leading cause of hospitalization in the Philippines in 2012 alone. 610 Filipino women induced abortion and over 100,000 women were hospitalized and 1,000 women died because of unsafe abortion complications. Since there is no access to safe abortion in the country, at least three women die every day from complications of unsafe abortion. Ang katanungan, kapag ikaw ay naging presidente, should we enact a law that will allow pregnant rape victims the choice of legal and safe abortion? Hindi ko alam kung maganda yung impression ko of Boy Abunda. 
Pero right off the bat, ang naisip ko is, kung ako tinanong ni Tito Boy, ganito ko siya sasagutin. Uh, Tito Boy, I just want to correct you kasi there's no such thing as a safe abortion, Tito Boy. Kasi all abortions are unsafe. It is unsafe for the preborn child. Ah, ganun ba, Jay? Susunod! Mga presidential balls ang sasagot sa katanungan. I'll just give a gist ng bawat sagot nila. Kayo na bahalang makinig sa lahat ng interviews in full. If I exclude a part of the answer, let me know. Ping Lakson, and I quote, I'll be honest, I don't think I am prepared to answer that. Kailangan pag-aralan ito base sa pagkonsulta sa experts, psychologists. Ang sagot ko initially, I don't think I'm prepared to make a decision as we speak now. BBM, and I quote, I think for very severe cases, because we want to save the lives of people, we want to save the lives of women. The bottom line is, when it comes to the subject of abortion, it is the women's decision because it is her body. End of quote. Lenny, and I quote, This is a topic that I'm very conflicted about. I was a member of an NGO na talagang tinutulak yung pag-decriminalize ng abortion para naiiwasan yung unsafe na mga ginagawa. The reason why I'm so conflicted about it, kasi ako, my faith teaches me na bawal talaga yung... My faith tells me that abortion is not to be allowed. While I'm open to discussing decriminalizing, if you ask me now if I am for or against it, I am against abortion. Yorme Isko, and I quote, When there is life already, nobody should take it away kasi pinagkaloob ng Diyos yun. Yung bata na yon walang kakayanan ipagtanggol ng sarili niya. It may have a bad effect on society. Sa katatayuan ng ina, sa katatayuan ng bata, but life is life. Masaklap yun. Naawa ako sa ganong sitwasyon, pero hindi ako Diyos para kumuha ng buhay ng tao. Meron akong kalungkutan sa buhay, pero hindi ako pwedeng mamuhay na lang sa nakaraan para sa aking kinabukasan. Life must go on. Pakyaw, and I quote, I am against abortion, boy. Wala namang kasalanan yung bata na ibuntis siya tapos ipanganak. I-counseling mga na-rape na hindi pa tapos ang lahat. May pag-asa pang magbago ang lahat. Kung ibabalik lang natin, di mapeprevent na ma-rape ka. Yung bata na buo yan dahil may part ka. Then si Boy Abunda, he reiterated that being raped is being forced. Pakyaw clarified his answer. Ibig ko sabihin, pag nasugatan tayo, Nagihilom yan, gumagaling. Para sa iyo, ang laban na to. Joke lang. Hindi sinabi ni Pacquiao yung last part. At the risk that I might sound na may ini-endorse ako, I won't comment kung kaninong sagot ang pinaka nagustuhan ko. What I would like to ask is, how would you guys answer this same question? Especially yung mga pro-life friends ko. For me, I would... Question first, the stats that Tito Boy presented. The reason I said that 
I would like to question the stats is that the pro-choice movement historically has lied to push the abortion agenda. Hindi ko sinasabing liars yung pinsan at Gender Rights Inc. Pero ang pro-choice advocates who were involved in the Roe v. Wade in the U.S. has lied. Si Dr. Bernard Nathanson mismo ang nagsabi, one of the doctors who pushed abortion rights before. He was an abortionist. Nag-face turn lang siya to the pro-life side when he saw an ultrasound at nakita niya na tao talaga ang fetus. According to the good doctor, they lied on the number of doctors in favor of abortion. They said na 87% ang mga doktor na in favor of abortion. Pero hindi totoo yun. They lied also during that time that 60% of Americans favored abortion. And they lied that 10,000 women died in back alley abortions. They came up with these numbers. These are made-up statistics and the media just printed it without question. So forgive me if I'm a bit skeptical. Also, the one out of eight women who resort to abortion are rape survivors doesn't square up with the numbers that Planned Parenthood put up in their research entitled Reasons U.S. Women Have Abortions, Quantitative and Qualitative Perspective on Sexual Reproductive Health. Galing ito sa Gutmacher website, the research arm of Planned Parenthood. The number there is 1.5% of all who had abortions claimed that their reason is rape or incest. Pero sa US yun, baka sa Pinas, baka totoo yung 1 out of 8. But I'd still question that. Kailangan ng matinding research. A young woman is raped every 75 minutes. How true is that? In the US, the stats is 1 out of 5 college students in a given campus were raped. This stat came from a 2007 study by the National Institute of Justice. The problem with this survey that they made is in the questioning. Halimbawa, the study asked the women whether they had sexual contact with someone while they were unable to provide consent or stop what was happening because you were passed out, drugged, drunk, incapacitated, or asleep. The survey also asked the same question about events that you think, but are not certain, happened. Kaya medyo questionable yung results. Nevertheless, we don't know what the stats are here in the Philippines. Maybe totoo yung sinasabi ni Tito Boy. Maybe hindi. But the next president of the Philippines, if he or she is serious about this, should look into the methodology of the study. If you listened to my episode with Jonathan Van Maren, sabi niya, aggressive usually ang mga pro-choice advocates. Ang hinihintay daw nila sa bawat bansa ay kung sino yung magiging face ng pro-choice movement. Di ko alam kung ganun din ginagawa dito sa atin sa Pinas. Pero sabi ni Jonathan, they go to hospitals to look for cases na mga namamatay kung pwede nilang magamit sa pag-promote ng abortion. Kung may namatay due to complicated pregnancy, they'll use it. That's what happened in Ireland. Also, eto, Marites level of chika ito. 
I heard na ang Planned Parenthood daw ay may pinupondohang groups dito sa ating bansa. Ewan ko lang ah, na-chika lang sa akin to ni Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse and hindi ako magugulat kasi global ang Planned Parenthood. They operate in 12 countries. Kung madadagdag ang Philippines, malaking kita yon. How do we respond to abortion in the case of rape? All these things that I will share to you, I just read them from the book Persuasive Pro-Life by my good friend Trent Horn. To respond about the issue, first, we need to pray for the victims of rape. Rape is an awful crime. And the saddest part about rape is that most of the time, nakakatakas ang rapist. Wala tayong death penalty sa bansa. I'm against death penalty. Pero if I'm not mistaken sa US, sa bansang may death penalty, hindi din capital punishment ang parusa sa rapist kung mahuli man ito. Minsan, ang malungkot din sa rape, ang babae pa yung sinisisi ng ibang tao. Just as the woman is an innocent victim here, the child too is an innocent victim. Ang dapat lang pinaparusahan talaga sa case ng rape is the rapist. Here's something I learned also from the book. Although contraception is intrinsically evil in Catholic teachings, alam nyo ba na according to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops or USCCB, the use of contraception in the case of rape is a justifiable act of self-defense. And I quote, A female who has been raped should be able to defend herself against a potential conception from the sexual assault. If, after appropriate testing, there is no evidence that conception has occurred already, she may be treated with medications that would prevent ovulation, sperm, capacitation, or fertilization. End of quote. Some Catholics who listen to this episode might disagree with that, but I'd be remiss if I don't include that fact. Now, with that said, is abortion okay for the case of rape? Trent has this all-around technique for defending the unborn called TOAT, acronym for Trot Out a Toddler. What does this mean? Basically, for most of the reasons na gusto ng advocate illegalize ang abortion, pwedeng-pwede mo palagi gawing example ang isang toddler o baby. Ano example nito? Ganito. When someone says that we should legalize abortion so that the women can have the choice, especially kung gipit siya financially, how do you trot out a toddler here? You could ask, would you be in favor to legalize killing a two-month-old child after the child is born kung bigla mong maisip na, Teka, wala pala akong sapat na perang pang papalaki dito sa batang ito. So, are you in favor of that? Definitely kung sane human being ang kausap mo at hindi psychopath, ang sagot niya ay no. Then you ask the question, if no is your answer, why shouldn't we kill a two-month-old child? Then baka sumagot siya ng, because a two-month-old child is different from a fetus inside the uterus. You then answer, so it's not really because of financial challenges that's why you want abortion to be legalized. It's because you think 
the unborn is different from a two-month-old child. Then you go to the only question that matters in this whole abortion debate. What are the unborn? Your next aim then is to show that the unborn is human. Hindi ko na kayo bibigyan ng tutorial sa episode na ito kung paano nyo ma-prove yon. If you want, balik kayo dun sa episode with Midge Seaman Maines. We talked about the arguments on how to show that the unborn is human in more details. Or basahin nyo yung sinabi kong aklat ni Trent Horn, Persuasive Pro-Life. Ngayon, paano mo gagamitin ang TOAT for the case of rape? Here's one example. Halimbawa, ang isang misis, she had sex with her husband. The next day, na-rape siya. At sobrang lungkot niya. Depressed siya. After that, na-discover na buntis siya. She decided to keep the child. Pero ipapa-DNA test niya muna. Lumabas na si Mister ang ama ng bata. After that, ipinanganak yung bata. Biglang tumawag ang doktor. Yung doktor na nag-perform ng DNA test. Sabi niya, Ay, uh, sorry. Sorry, ma'am. Nagkaroon lang kami ng mix-up eh. Ang ama pala ng anak mo ay yung rapist. Hindi natin alam kung paano nagkaroon ng mix-up. Baka may ibang anak yung mister. Tapos kumuha ng DNA test. Pero nonetheless, would you, as an abortion advocate, be willing to promote a law killing a born child conceived of rape? Again, kung hindi psychopath yung kausap mo, malamang hindi siya agree Continue the script of TOAT. If you don't agree to have a law to kill a born child conceived of rape, why? Then proceed to the only question that matters. What are the unborn? If they're human, they have the same rights as us. Also, when it comes to back alley abortions, marami daw namamatay dito. I would say na marami sa mga kapwa nating Pinoy nagbebenta din ng kidney sa black market, diba? Marami sa kanila ang namamatay due to infection dahil hindi sanitized ang lugar kung saan pineperform yung pag-extract ng kidney. Would you agree na gawin nating legal ang pagbebenta ng kidney, finally? para sa St. Luke's o sa Makati Med na i-perform ang pagbebenta ng kidney? Ang isang morally wrong na bagay, gaya ng pagbenta ng kidney at abortion, kung maraming namamatay sa paggawa ng morally wrong na bagay na ito, dahil illegal ito at pineperform sa underground facilities, hindi solusyon na gawing legal ang morally wrong na bagay na ito para finally mabawasan ang fatality sa paggawa ng bagay na ito. Ang solusyon para hindi na mamatay ang mga tao dito ay wag nang gawin ang morally problematic act na ito. Rape is hard. Nakakaawa ang victims of rape. Pero alam nyo kung ano pa yung mahirap. Doing the right thing. Let me read some testimonies of heroes who did the right thing. This is from liveaction.org by Liana Rebolledo, and I quote, I was brutally raped by two men and I became pregnant. I kept my baby, and when I had my baby girl, she gave me hope, and she helped me go on in my life. When she was a little girl, she used to tell me, Mommy, thank you for giving me life. Thank you for keeping me. That's when I realized she was the one who gave me my life back. She is now a 22-year-old woman. 
She's a beautiful woman, very caring, and she helped me to move on. She helped me to heal. I never saw my rapist through my daughter because she showed me that it was a different person that had nothing to do with that night. Conservatives, let's protect life. We should hear the victims of rape, provide help and healing. At the same time, we need to speak on behalf of those voices we cannot even hear, the voices of the children in the womb. Conservatives, let's take back the culture. Guys, last week, I said that we will continue Let's Get Biblical. I gave it much thought. I decided to move Let's Get Biblical to Unboxing Catholicism. I'm very much a part of it as well. We had a great first two episodes. The feedback has been very positive. And the time in unboxing is enough to talk about the intricacies of the Bible. The reason I started Let's Get Biblical anyway is because walang Filipino podcast who talks about the Bible in a Catholic light. Ngayon meron na, kaya I'm happy about this. I'm also part of the Unboxing the Bible series, kaya you'll never miss Let's Get Biblical. My only request is participate kayo sa usapan namin ni Burns every week. And be active sa paggawa ng Bible reading assignments every week. And enjoy. Stay with us for the rest of the ride. That said, ang haba ng sinabi ko, but we'll still continue. Let's get biblical dito sa podcast na ito. But we'll reformat it. It will still be about the Bible, but centered on Catholic slash Christian apologetics. Or sometimes, my thoughts on the Bible Hindi na natin susundin ang Bible timeline dahil covered na yun ng unboxing Catholicism kaya pwedeng thoughts on the gospel, the letters of Paul or the Old Testament prophets ang pag-uusapan natin dito. Game. This week, let's talk about Matthew 16. Sa mga Catholic apologist, kapag nababanggit ang particular chapter na ito ng Matthew, alam na nila kung ano yung laman nito. Yes, you are correct. The institution of St. Peter as the first Pope of the Church. Siyempre, kung non-Catholic ka, you wouldn't agree. Pero bago ang lahat, allow me to read the passages in question. It's in Matthew 16, verses 18 to 19. And I said to thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind upon earth, it shall be bound also in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth, it shall be loosed also in heaven. I read the verses from the Dewey Rames translation. Kasi gusto ko yung Old English version niya. 
And gusto ko rin na ang ginamit niya is gates of hell. In other translations kasi, gates of death na yung gamit. Now, ano yung special dito? Yung binding and loosing, sabi ng mga Protestant friends natin, eh, binigyan din ni Jesus ng power lahat ng apostles to bind and loose, di ba? Sa Matthew 18.18. Well, hindi lang yon. May dalawang bagay na kakaiba dito. Una, sa verse 18, pinalitan ni Jesus ang pangalan ni Simon into Peter. At alam naman natin na si God, tuwing pinapalitan niya ang pangalan ng isang tao, ay may mission siya dito. Si Abram, naging Abraham, the father of all nations. Si Jacob, naging Israel, the father of twelve tribes. Also, sinabi niya na upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter means rock. Although may ibang Protestants na aalma dahil sa Greek daw, Petros ang word na ginamit and this means stone. Ang rock daw kasi ay Petra. True, but in Greek kasi merong gendered names. Hindi pa kasi uso yung woke noon, kaya wala yung Petrix, yung parang Latinx. Kaya hindi pwedeng Petra ang gamitin kay Peter dahil pambabae yun. That's why Petros ang ginamit. Mas less ambiguous sa John, sa Gospel of John, dahil ang ginamit na word na pinantawag kay Peter ay Aramaic. Yung term na Cephas, C-E-P-H-A-S, which really means rock. Aside from that, oo, binigyan nga ng binding and loosing authority ang ibang mga apostles, pero si Peter lang ang binigyan ng keys to the kingdom. At bilang Jew, ang mga tao sa paligid ni Jesus and Peter nung time na yon, alam nila ang nangyayari. Familiar sila dito dahil ganitong-ganito ang nangyari sa Old Testament. Peter is given the prime minister role. Naalala niyo yung pinag-usapan natin na si Joseph, binigyan din siya ng prime minister role sa Egypt? Ano ang Hebrew term na yon? Al-Habayit. At familiar ang mga apostles dito because in Isaiah 22 verse 22, King Hezekiah gave the role of the Al-Habayit to Eliakim. Let me read it. And I quote, And I will lay the key of the house of David upon his shoulder, and he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. End of quote. This is the exact same language in Matthew 16 verse 19. Keys, open and shut, bind and loose. Now, hindi ito ang mind-blowing part para sa akin. Dahil alam ko na maraming nakikinig na Catholic apologist sa podcast na ito na pamilyar na pamilyar na sa kanila ang sinabi ko. Ang nakaka-mind-blow sa akin when I was listening to Jeff Cavins' study on Matthew is this. When you read the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 15 to 17, sabi dun, ang pangalan ng ama ni Peter ay John. However, in Matthew 16, 17, Jesus called him Simon Barjona, which means son of Jonah. Pero John ang pangalan ng tatay ni Peter, kaya dapat Barjon ang sinabi ni Jesus. What's the big deal? 
Nagkamali ba si Jesus? Baka mamaya, palayaw lang pala ni Jonah yung John. Pero ayon sa mga Bible scholars, iba yung John sa Jonah. The key to understanding this is in the same chapter of Matthew. Earlier, the Pharisees and Sadducees asked Jesus to show them a sign. Ano ang sagot ni Jesus sa kanila? In verse 4, A sign shall not be given, but the sign of Jonah, the prophet. And what is the sign of Jonah? The famous understanding that everybody knows of is that Jesus will die three days and three nights, just like Jonah in the belly of the whale. Pero may isa pang sign na namimiss ang lahat. Si Jonah, alam nyo ba, ayaw niya pumunta sa Nineveh. Tapos napunta siya sa belly of the whale. Tapos na-convince na siyang pumunta sa Nineveh. Ang sinabi niya lang na prophecy na nag-inarti pa siyang pumunta sa Nineveh because of this ay isang sentence lang. Isang prophetic sentence para magrepent ang mga Ninevites. Ano ito? Nasa Jonah 3 verse 4. And I quote, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. End of quote. Yun lang yung sasabihin ni Jonah, nag-inarti pa siya. Alam nyo ba ibig sabihin nito? Yes, nagrepent ang mga Ninevites, but history will tell us that in forty years, Nineveh was destroyed by the Babylonians. Anong kinalaman nito kay Peter? Peter, symbolically, being the son of Jonah, the prophet, is the rock where the church is built, the new temple that is built. Dahil gaya ng Nineveh that was destroyed in 40 years. Alam nyo ba kung ano yung na-destroy in 40 years after Jesus said all these words? You guessed it, the Jerusalem temple. And what's left standing is the church built upon a rock. And that rock is Simon Peter Barjona. And now, it's time for Sagutin Ang Tanong. Alright. So may let's get biblical na tayo about apologetics para sa naman yung sagutin ng tanong. Well, dito natin sasagutin ang mga tanong na hindi pasok sa Christianity o apologetics, pero general question siya. Alright? Anong tanong na sasagutin natin this week? I got this from our Facebook page from Bituon. Tinatanong niya, what is the difference between conservative Catholics and modern liberal Catholics? And what is the difference between Roman Catholic and Orthodox Catholic? So medyo mukhang apologetics pa rin, pero we'll answer it here. Good question ito. These are two different questions actually. The first one is about Catholic social teachings. The second one is about two different Catholic churches. Let's answer the first one. I don't think I'll be able to give a comprehensive answer for the second one in this episode dahil mahaba ang sagot dito. So, ito yung sagot sa unang tanong. Okay, conservative and liberal Catholics. With regard to social teachings, the church is both conservative and liberal. Meaning, when it comes to the defense of basic human realities, the meaning of man and woman, 
marriage, sexuality, the church is conservative. Or it should be. Dahil alam kong may ilang mga pari na hindi. Pero I'll talk about the ideal scenario muna. At the same time, when it comes to humans' natural tendency to sin, the church is liberal about that. Meaning, it works toward our liberation from sin. Sin affects social institutions. And throughout history, the church was liberal when it tried to change established order for the better. Halimbawa, during the Roman times, the church pushed for the radical changes to end the killing of people in coliseums for entertainment or leaving sick people to die. The church had a hand in taking care of the sick. In more recent times, the church opposed racial segregation in the U.S. during the 1960s. It took a liberal stand on that. Minsan, ang isang mabait at matalinong Catholic, he or she might legitimately disagree kung paano gagamitin ang church teachings. One could take a liberal approach, halimbawa si Sam Rocha, who leans more on socialism, or one could lean on a conservative approach, like Trent Horn, who leans more on capitalism, or one could take a moderate approach. May mga issues na hindi pa clear ang Catholic position. However, maraming issues na settled na ang Catholic position. On these issues na settled ang Catholic position, kailangan we embrace these positions, mapakonservative man, mapaliberal, o moderate ka man. For the next question, medyo mahaba ang sagot dito because it's not that simple, kaya I'll save it for another time. Quick answer, there are Eastern churches that are in communion with Rome and there are some that are not. Paano umabot sa ganito? Bibitinin ko muna kayo. Pero salamat, Bituan, for these questions. Also, I tend to not refer to us as Roman Catholics kasi marami din namang iba't ibang churches within Catholicism na hindi Roman right ang gamit. But they're in communion with the Catholic Church. Kaya Catholic lang will do para kasama natin sila. Anyway, this has been another episode of the J. Aroga Show. At the end of the day, it will be night. Goodbye! If this episode made your day, or even if it didn't, please press that follow button right there. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, please give us a 5-star review. Spread the word, tell your friends, family, your dog to subscribe as well. Thank you very much.